you the honors for our next uh, chart entry. Absolutely. It is Kylie Minogue and her magic. Number four. That's a big jump, Sean. It is. I like this.
right, all right, Kyler Minogue. You believe in magic, Sean? I do. All right, then introduce our top three. We're in the magic area. All right, dropping from number one to number three, the Leo Frappier mix. It's so hot. Check it out.
All right, go Leo, go. What a great remix. Uh, that's Trig. Get me to the disco. I'm in quarantine. A former number one. It is. Yay. So, Sean, DJ Sean Perry, we are down to the top two on Pride Top Ten countdown. Oh, God. I can't take the suspense. Yes. Really? <laughs> it is very suspenseful. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, are you ready for the top two? Uh, Sean, do you want to uh, – I'll do number two and you do number one? <laughs> Sounds good to me. Okay. Uh, like, wait, how should I take that? Sitting yeah. down, baby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you should do number two. <laughs> I'm more of a number one kind of guy. Yes, those golden showers, girl. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like working a 440. Yes. All right, we're going to bring it to you up one big notch. It is the remixes of a uh, dual team of Rush, Rush, Rich, and Andy Alder with their fabulous remix of Taylor Swift's Cardigan. Here we go now.
Yeah, the big number two, Sean. Number two, fabulous. I mean, uh, Taylor is really going shading on some of somebody. <laughs> right? It goes down easier when it's a dance song. <laughs> well, here we are. Yeah. Congratulations, Trey. Interesting, uh, Sean, that it went, so last week Leah was number one, but now Dirty Disco's moved up to the number one place. Absolutely. The Dirty Disco Studio 54 main room mix. So. I love it. All right, Trey, you go do your thing. Double dipping on the Pride Top 10 countdown, number one.
freak. What is he saying? Like she's freaking out. No, don't freak out, Sean. <laughs> what? In the song. Who? Trey is saying, Black Sheik, don't freak out. <laughs> <laughs> What's he doing with Sheik? I don't get it. Girl, how many beers have you been on now in the last hour? <laughs> I've only had two. Come on. Oh, my God. Did you eat anything? <laughs> of course. All right. I'm a bear. <laughs> I'm bulking up for winter. <laughs> I love it. Wow, that completes our newest Top 10 Pride countdown. That was a good one. So I'd like to, yeah, and I just I'd like to thank you for joining me again uh, as my my partner in crime here on the Pride Top Ten. Good job. Now, do you want to uh, let let our listening audience uh, know about any upcoming events that you may have? (laughs) I have no upcoming events. Oh my god! But you do have uh, your your uh, mix show. What's the next one? I do. um, I think the next one probably will be in. December, and it'll have some Christmas music in it, including, you know, the world-famous Mariah Carey singing All I Want for Christmas. Oh my God, Christmas, too early. Be quiet. What What do you have out now? I, I've heard something is some real good mixes on there. So I have a brand new remix out for October. I just put it out, and it's got Craig on it, and um, the new remix from um, Leo Frappier, the Future House remix, and um, there's some Shania Twain, there is Lady Gaga, there is Kylie, there's the new Miley Cyrus. And where yeah. can uh, folks go to listen to that? Uh, check it out on soundcloud.com slash DJ Sean Fabulous. And I have just yeah. one announcement. Uh, folks, go if you um, uh, have a new release out that I haven't done one in God in the longest time. Uh, Tweaky Turner. EP called Mad World. It's the uh, remix of a, uh, I mean, it's a remake of a um, Tears for Fears classic. Do you know that one? I do. Actually, I have. I have. Oh, I see. That's right. You, you have it because you're a professional DJ. Yes, it, there was a promo push. So hopefully this will chart. It may not. Who cares? I had a great time doing it. My remix team is awesome. I want to do a shout out to all you guys. Uh, so I'll play, uh, I'll play the um, one mix here for you now. Uh, this is the uh, Sparkle Neely remix and then at 8 p.m. the video is debuting on social media on Facebook so just go if you want to check it out there is a official music video and you just go to Facebook uh, Mad World video premiere 8 p.m. all right here in California all right I'll Th- be there thank you Sean you out. all right thank you, thank you. bye thanks everyone for joining us see you next Wednesday
of swimming through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> As the world gets wackier and less predictable in every way, it is more important than ever for us to all remember our roots. We wouldn't be here today if our ancestors hadn't had the capacity and the skills to take care of themselves and their communities using the resources in the natural world around them and their own two hands. My name is Wonia Tibo of Buckskin Revolution and Alone Season 6, and I started Buckskin Revolution not just to empower people with a wider range of skills to meet their basic needs, but also to inspire them with a sense of fulfillment and connection that comes with living a little closer to the earth and using our bodies, our minds, and our very DNA for what they evolved to do to help us thrive without the need for modern technology and industry. If that sounds appealing to you, I hope you'll join me for the Fall 2020 Buckskin Revolution Online Skills Gathering, an eight-week learning experience designed to work within any schedule. It involves pre-recorded classes, live interactive sessions, and online community learning support from both myself and your fellow students. The need for these skills has never been more pressing, and Buxton Revolution is working hard to bring them to you. I hope you can join us. Get connected with yourself and the world around you at buckskinrevolution.com. Billy Bob. You ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience, like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead passengers? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've <laughs> given it a thought or two. You know, if you go to joke workshops, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dear, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radio. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radio. Yahoo! Are the end times upon us? Not yet, my friends. Please, this is an impassioned plea from Pam Benjamin, the director of Mutant Radio. Let us live past October. You think it's a joke? COVID is decimating all of us, and especially us here at Mutiny Radio. We have money left until October 1st. Don't let anyone sing. 
despite of their size. Please, please go donate to our GoFundMe. Go to mutinyradio.fm and click that GoFundMe button. Or just go to Venmo. Mutiny Radio, all one word. Just Mutiny Radio. Give us five bucks. Help us keep free speech and radical self-expression real and alive here in San Francisco and all over the world. Please donate to our Mutiny Radio. Go fund me and keep us alive in 2020 and beyond. Don't let our world end. I am Italian. And we brought you fasciousness with Mussolini. And before that, the Romans. So if you think you live in a fascist country, well, you do. Antitrump.com is the antivirus to the Trump virus. It started in 2016 with two sketches and a dream for a better America. No one thought it would be this bad. He was a 70-year-old yammering Nimrod. How bad could it possibly be? We are now in a global pandemic without adequate leadership. Individual politics are not important. We need to rally behind curing the Trump virus. Go to antitrump.com. Hey, you, poetry reader. This is Bjork's sister, Mjork. It's okay. We also have a soul and a weekly poetry reading on Mutiny Radio's AltaCast. Tuned every Wednesday at high noon from Glasgow, Scotland. One of our co-hosts from Choose Poetry, Choose Life, Andy Talbot, has a new poetry chapbook, Old Wounds, New Skin, which is available at analogsubmission.com now. Go buy it and don't let the poets lie to you. Once again, that's Andy Talbot's new poetry chapbook, Old Wounds, New Skin, available at analogsubmission.com. I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on mutinyradio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... Uh, aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by uh, Here's you. his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch Download a podcast. 
live the station. Mutiny Radio FM. District of the Mission. Mutiny Radio FM. Mutiny Radio FM. Listen to live streaming radio or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. Look, why not go to mutinyradio.fm, hit the donate button, stream them live, download a podcast, have some fun! Ministry of Lava manages our national lava resources to ensure that we will always have a steady supply of lava to operate the nation's active volcanoes, which in turn power our cities and methamphetamine labs. As a matter of national security, we need to reduce our dependence on foreign lava, which means an expansion of domestic lava drilling. As your chancellor, I will build lava wells all over the country as well as secure access to more lava fields by invading Hawaii. Imagine orange gold spurting out from school playgrounds on the Great Plains and illuminating the Nebraska sky like fireworks on the 4th of July. Magma oozing over the rolling hills of Kentucky. Volcanic ash settling gently over homes in New England like fresh gray snow. If you want global lava markets to continue to be dominated by terriblest regimes like Iceland, Chile, and the Philippines, vote for my opponent, who sits in their back pocket as comfortably as Pahoehoe on the slopes of Kilauea. If you want the United States to stay competitive in the era of peak lava and beyond, then take a chance on the Chancellor. It's, um, <clears throat> let me tell you what it is. It's Bug House Square. It's Tuesday at 6 o'clock, um, you know, in our, in our fantasy world. Uh, I hope your fantasy world is as uh, nice as mine. Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? I've been hearing his name all over the land. This week on Bug House Square, I got, um, <coughs> I don't know what I got. I, uh, I picked a bunch of good records. I've got a certain feeling. Uh, it's not visceral, but it, uh, it's certain. And I'm going to bring that forth in the, the music that I'm about to play. And uh, no themes, anything like that. Just hope you're all doing well. This is still, I'm still doing this from the home studio. <laughs> so I was thinking maybe, uh, I don't know, one of these weeks, one of these weeks, I'm going to venture in there. I'm going to get all geared up, man. I got, uh, I got a hazmat suit. Um, God, but it 
so there's so much touching in there. Um, but I don't know. I, th I, I, I we'll see. We'll see. But anyway, I'm here. You're here. Um, I don't think we got any contributors. I I've been uh, I'm I'm kind of letting that 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 rest. Um, but we'll see. I'll dig in there and get some maybe maybe some uh, some uh, previous contributors. How's that? All right. All right. A vigilante man Oh, why does a vigilante man why does a vigilante man carry that sword or shotgun in his hand would he shoot his brother and sister down i rambled around from town to town i rambled around from town to town and they herded us around like a wild herd of cattle was that the vigilante men have you seen that vigilante man have you seen that vigilante man i've heard his name all over the land
chattering deep into the light bright webbings of patterned feet is this podcast brought to you on the anchor.fm platform from the labs of aqua q anchor.fm is available for ios and android brings a free and clear interface for your podcast creator genius with royalty free music and sound effects that make you sound from the radiophonic workshop with segments for you to advertise yourself in the cash money you so deserve available everywhere podcasts are free just do the q characters paged dot dot their pagers went off all simultaneously and they looked down from across the world and onto their wrists dot the screens blinked a bit the three of them paused and waited for it to clear aria was sitting in a coffee shop outside of geneva again she thought her pinkish golden watch chimed as selected when it was time for a time away and this was it Q was in the middle of bussing some papers down the street towards and away from things as usual, left coat pocket and the like. And Miranda was just up at sunrise at the Pacific Rim this time, no joke. She traveled overnight and had packed just a bit for a conference meetup for the book convention scheduled last May from the township. Aria sipped her orange juice and tapped the screen. You in there Q? What's the dinging about? We're all about with our business and the proceedings are proceeding with process and necess. As needed, Arya thought he might hear it but she tapped the screen once just to highlight her notion of notioning. Miranda tapped back. Yep, he's got his paperwork about and I believe he believes he's heading upward to the never-ending story folks. They seem on about a traquel and you know how he can fly time and the like, and so. Silence. Hugh was not normally in this much sun from this time of day. More of a night owl and black cars and the odd slipping in at the right moments and such. But geez. 101 pages on this one, and several copies for the crew, and still three hours until the next. Shoot he dropped the papers. About time something happened, he paused and looked towards the ground, as they were slightly in between the shimmering embedded sparkly sidewalk and a bit of slick towards and in the gutter. His watch chimed and the haptics hit up Arya's beat. Tap tap. So this is what you get onto when you're not getting onto. Ache you? Arya quipped and sipped again at her orange juice, with now a splash of soda, and a straw she keeps with her, so as to be ecological. Yes, Arya. The onto is onto the floor and chores like this haven't made it up the staircase to the case I need to get to, spiral bound and booked up like a top shelf for this pack of loose papers now, a bit dirty and, well, not in yourself, I can see that. Is that a pocket protector? No it's a packet of gum. It's for the, fresh. Anyway how's your end? Arya's end was just fine and sitting, just and there and she adjusted slightly at the thought and thought about telling him about the, oh, surprise. Q blurted out, and bent over to pick up the quarter on the street. Damn it's a regular one. You'd hope for a 1964 silver ore, but anyway. The story is carrying on, and it's just time not carrying it anymore. It's toppled into the streets and somebody forgot to number the pages. So it'll be up to you guys to piece it together once I get over. I'll scan it and you can run it through a quick OCR or something. Or, I can. Wait he picked up a cup of coffee and dropped it directly downward onto the ground and the cup hit square bottom and the coffee jumped out and bits all over the papers. He took a quick photo, shuffled them together, and straightened his back up a bit. 
Oh, I think I got the ordering now. We have the cover bound by main splash and the spill into the street by the spray that's come off it. We're good for ordering, now, I'll just get on and cross splash check it from the place. Miranda too now was on the call, as she sipped her coffee. You know I would have brought you one when you arrive, I hope it wasn't a creamy one. Anyway, nice idea. I'll explain the coffee to the crew, but why didn't you try that old card trick? Pick a page any page? And was a simultaneous chagrin from the crew. Blip. Miranda's power was out, and just shrugged and put her watch on the charger. It's this sort and sordid chronicle of chronicled forgetfulness wherein their malaise was being re-triggered. Maybe it was the planetary offset, or maybe our characters needed to be reminded of themselves once again. It had been three weeks since the, shoot. And more so since the, oh yes. And there was always a place to whisk her off to and never stick, and sticking was like this. Q jabbed a stick of gum into his mouth and hummed up the street. He found the iron doorway near Chinatown, though slightly uptown, where he was to deliver the papers. He then jabbed all six buttons on the door and waited for a buzzing. Buzzed. He walked inside at a slightly dim fluorescent entryway, and some wooden doors towards the left and right, but walked straight up center. To the elevator. Black rounded keys with embedded white lettering, and the floor he was to go to was. He glanced. The worn out one which was slightly sticky from Mad Tong and his bubble gum fingers. He grinned and snapped a bubble and proceeded into the lift. When he was onto the floor, he found the small office lit up brightly with a large window showing into the hallway, and motioned to the secretary as she waved at him and got up to greet him. Black hair that had to have been done up recently, and a white starched blouse and a black chain, elegant and simple. And cufflinks. She didn't have an accent, and he didn't expect one. Global never does when they're not expecting expecting company, and he placed the papers gently down by her table. 101, she said. And a coffee. I heard about it. She stated in a slate gray tone of chagrin and looked over the papers. Well it's time and a half to type these up, so type there but out of order, so that'll be. She punched a calculator in her head, or as if, and it'll be alright if the coffee trick works out. And maybe we'll make it into a time travel series, you know. With the pages and all. You know what happened with. Tron. They both said it, but her mouth was only motioning. Her mouth remained open and she smiled. How did she do that? She turned and her shoulders motioned him into a room directly behind, and he paused and proceeded towards it, with her behind him. He looked back a bit and motioned a question towards the brass doorknob. She nodded and they both proceeded into the room, which again was lit well, and, well, a bit of a thick wall. And, tap tap. His watch was out, shielded. The door closed and she hit a button on her watch, and the lights dimmed to a sort of reddish fluorescent and there was hum. Secondaries, her voice flatted a little. Keep your voice at this tone so that it's in line with the active RF chokes we have going around the place. The papers. And the coffee. And the gum. Good job and I hope you picked up everything we left, yes? Duh. Hugh found it impossible not to beam, and look around at the place. It only takes one word to get into this place, eh? He joked. Of course it took several months and a year and plus before that, but he was here. And here? Well, 
heard anyway. He maintained and took out his pen, and pulled a paper up from the desk and began to write a few words. The women looked on the bit begruzzled, as her face noted the word and she said nothing. Then he clicked the pen and the word lit up in a sort of iridescence, and as he moved his light across the word, the patterns moved, and continued and moved as long as the light was on them, pausing only when he took away the light, and using those last bits of light to orient themselves into. Stasis. Was the word. He explained, although he didn't need to, for her, he still felt a bit like Mr. Wizard with his thing, and as he kept his voice at a dim glimmer, and she continued to eye the ink on paper, as it had now been transfixed for several minutes in the beauty of the alignment of the... What was it again? Electroglutosilicate. He said as plainly as the red light on her cufflinks. And he blinked at her. She looked over the pen and took off her cufflinks and they did indeed match. Same guy, I can see. Incredible taste in. What was it again? Everything? Came the response. The form that follows function at its ultimate and timely and literally time and specificity of genetics in a package designed in for and with and. Well this is where planet Earth finds a use for its silicon, and silicon finds a purpose for its ordered numbering. In truth, there were no numbers. This was pure life, on whatever surface and surfaced, and still, and still enough to travel and. It likes light she said and smiled to him as she played with a pen across the paper. Well, it doesn't just like light, it likes to sleep as well. The orientation is a learning experience for these silly guys and gals, on paper anyway. They spend their time solving their own problems, which in turn, when applied solves your problem, if you know what you're doing. And I hope you do. Because we can't lose these. It's that simple and they'll carry on and work their way out of your own problem if you have the right one which works for life, and that is why these are going places. Because we needed an ethics on chip and this is gestalt breakfast better than any possibility we'd imagined. You know how they were discovered? I thought you were going to say asteroid. She noticed she was becoming interestingly excited and had to dim her voice a bit more. Sort of like that. It was a smashed glass from a satellite onto a flight carrier that had its little science experiment exposed to refracting light and electricity for 11 and a half minutes until they were crushed into dust by a jet landed onto them. Strange circumstance. The material from the jet and the glass, electrical and radio, and these little mite guys who were meant to survive in space, survived into a flattened surface of goo on the tarmac. Funny thing it was noticed right away because the little guys camoed themselves into a landing strike sign the guys had never seen before. It was like a cross between a danger do not land signal, and a tangent on where they all wanted to exit. When he walked away to tell all the guys, the stuff stuck to his feet and began tapping Morse code into his boot. Good thing he passed the test, because they tapped this very word into his shoe, and so they brought them to us. The cufflinks look good on cue. Classed him up a bit. So this is trial J on this one, and those papers up front. You can feed it to these guys if they're hungry. I've got to get on and about to the other three about it and you need to. Write these events up. I know she picked up the pen. Well you came at the right time, and you know we're into a crunch. What's the protocol for these guys in public? Just don't leave the paper behind. They get all cross when they lose their mates and it confuses the out of who try to claim their outrageous tips, 
It seems these fellas have a bit of a wit towards the ladies and, well anyway. Keep them happy and they'll keep you happy. Happy. We're all happy. And that's the point. Dot. Anybody using that? He pointed to the hat on the hat track. Didn't wait for a response and picked it up and headed towards the door, correcting his coat up a bit as he got out of the room. She smiled and led him back to the front and clicked her clacker at him and looked up as she sat down at the desk again and stated 101. He nodded towards the door and out. A hat, he liked. It was like odd jobs top rounded, but without a. He looked. And replaced it to his head. Yes without the chop chop part. He was back into his part. A bit more like himself and thinking of Arya. Well that didn't take long. How about a light travel dare walk down where I'm headed and then afterwards? It was dark. The mist was starting to hit mid-waist level and the two had been walking for about two hours talking about the project, and its specifics and integrations and making sure everybody involved had gotten what they needed. And us. Hugh tapped the cufflinks, and they continued walking. It wasn't a bad day you know. It was better than yesterday, and that kind of reminds me, you know. He pointed down to her. Those bits. Ah yes. Perhaps if we had more time yesterday. But we're here in the now. You know. And our stop is just ahead. Do you want to take a seat? Q paused and thought for a second. The mist was certainly coming up around him and the cufflinks were a sort of see-through now, with the water vapor, and he thought to himself. Well, now is the time, he raised his arm and tapped his two fingers across both anode and dryodes of the cufflinks and there was an incredible and warble just around them, like an egg. The light hitting them was fizzing around like little swimmy things, and the water vapor was just dots, completely solid and not moving a speck. Arya did look surprised, and looked at his jacket cuff and up at his grinning smile. The light from her warbled a bit too and they just stood there for a second watching all of everything pass through them, as they became non-entities in the separation of light from matters and facts of spatial reasoning, said Q in his dim slated voice. And they carried forward. I see. Was Arya's gentle response and she took his hand and they continued walking forward towards a pier on the ocean. They don't as they passed some non-passerbys who didn't look up nor at all, and their speech was not an echo in thought as it was normally, and they could justly hear them and know they were not heard. They didn't see the click, or thought it was a mirage. And now we're here. Light, aren't they? He jiggled his cufflinks at the non-weight and continued walking and smiling about it. The light powers these things and the water is static and so is our material, and so. And so. Arya motioned up to the stars and they both looked up. And we are light too, I can feel it. It felt as if they had no weight, and indeed felt as if they could walk forever on these two feet and never need a rest or a place to stop. That was right. With only light and non-matter, it didn't matter. He said to himself. And the light was just that part of the wording that helped it make sense and the egg was. Well that was just a little joke, and in fact the forum again, and they talked about the joke. Of course we did she joke later in the conversation, and also of course referring to the punchline. And we always will. And will they ever, and so they carried on a bit about it, and talked about the marriage of these technologies and of course what they were really good for, which again by design was the design of life, and life itself was. Well. 
they both nodded on in times like this when even things became a bit heady and they had done their jobs to get this here and that there, and the magnificence was. Oh. Well it was and. Hugh took out a second pen from his pocket. I got you a gift, of course. And they go together. Oh. This one's is a different color. I see. I like it. Metallic. Would be good for some drawing, you know. If we can get our hands on Miranda's notebook. You know the one I mean. He did. What did she call it? Spatial case book she did. We should call her tomorrow. Or is she already on? Is that you? A gentle ping came from her watch. Yes it's me and me, you know the footage is done. Developed and such for the film. You didn't tell her about. Did you? Of course not. Theaters took me up on the prints and the showings will be on and on about midnight the EGS will be lit up and we'll be on time. That is to be seen she grinned. Well quite. It should have quite an effect. The one you're looking for, I hope. With the right audience. Was his responsive response and they carried on a bit about it. And imagined for a bit what the new beginning would be like, and hoped they'd make it on time, and they joke some more about that. Well. And just at that moment, an asteroid came about the horizon and blitzed them all around, as the ocean burst up into a wash and stuck to the bubble they were now pausing and positively amazed and... Amazingly. They just stood there, and the matter passed through them, and it was as if they'd seen a million years of star experience in that instance and they were now quite definitely above ground, as the crater was now beneath them and water began to flow into it and yet they hovered. Oh side effect, said Q. And he stepped up a bit. And Arya smiled. And they began walking on the water pinholes and they were prickly but easy to balance on. And the mist was still around, and as they walked onto it and walked up the sky opened up and it began to rain, each time dropping pins around them and each time they walk up and up and up. And completely stable, and in the rain they walked up towards a cloud and it began to murble an electrical murble and they paused and thought about it. And it thought about them. And they could hear a slight whisper. And they hadn't heard that kind of voice before. And it was the water. And the water was just gently carrying on a conversation with itself, about its direction and about the presence of presence to be delivered on so and so, and it was in plain language, as they now heard it at its pause, and the light continued to swim around like water, and the water, inside still spun a bit to orient, and they looked closer, and closer at the individual droplets of water on their bite with light. And Q brought up Arya's hand where she held the pen, and clicked the light onto the water. And... Tiny people. Gasped Arya like a bit of a shock she might have gotten from that pen or something. And yes. Dozens of highly recognizable people were chattering away, and away they were, miles and miles in fact. And that's the direction they faced. Towards themselves, if they needed the water and away and about in fact if they were chattering with other water warble bits about their bits and just what to do with themselves. And I'd stand tonight, you know. If the easterly is going to kick off. And that bit of muck on Isle 5 has got to get a clearing, and a salty one they joked with each other. Some of the water just stood around and seemed confused about the light. And they looked at Arya and Q standing there watching them. Oh said one bit of water. So you found us out, eh? You're not going to tell anybody about us, are you? I mean with this thing and all. We haven't seen this thing turned on in. 
well a couple of years and it was pretty fine back then. We'd love to stay and chatter about it, but our fellas have to get on with several light years worth of time and materials which you lot think is just a freak asteroid and a simple storm, eh? I bet that's what you think. Like the cloud didn't see that thing years ago and we haven't been chattering about it up until this point. I mean, an ocean's worth of... What do you keep calling it? Van der Waal. Oh that's right. Well it's us. Hello. The water droplet chirped at Q. Yes I'm this bit of electron here, and that's my mate and we're headed in that direction for the big one, you know. If we can swing it? Q clicked off the pen. He knew. Well we'd better get to the show, and the show must go on, he stated to Aria and they began walking a bit towards the theater. I'd like a bit more of that, she said to him, and they were grasping each other's hands now. I mean you couldn't ask him a bit more about the weather, eh? Well they've got their lot and we've got ours tonight. And I'm sure we'll all be alright if the lights don't go out? She shuddered. Oh yes. Well the generator is handy but we weren't planning for a long outage. We'd have to move the show if it goes out and long. But we'll see. Dot. They just hit the theater at 11, and front row Miranda was there with her notebook as Arya sat on one side and Q on the other, with some goobers for the show he'd picked up in the front. Dot. Lights dimmed except the beams coming from the rear towards the screen, and Miranda took out her notebook expectantly. She motioned the pen for Maria, who gave it to her and she began to draw. Dot. The film was an art film. Well. The three knew it wasn't a film at all, but a continuous loop of two and a half feet of cellulose with our little friends running around in the light, charting and orienting to the eyeballs on them in the audience. And the audience was amused. At very first by the geometric primitive shapes in 2D, then 3D, then color, and as the color was painted onto the 3D objects they began to spin and form more complex shapes, and color themselves and the lines from the shapes would become evident and the lines would change color, as gradients, and move into as other lines, also in 3D and starting making real pictures that one could readily see as animals and people and plants and small critters and then created was a backdrop which moved independently. Although some of the material critters or EGS would switch between front and background as needed, and instantly adjust its coloring to match the presentation which was the orientation of the rest of them, and us. The pictures began to tell a story, a story about the audience, about how they had traveled there, their day, perhaps the day before, and what was on their mind. Quite the little mind readers, aren't they? He turned and smiled past Miranda and onto Aria as Miranda began to draw in her notebook. And the pictures were then very much about the present. About this moment. And in fact began to draw the audience as seated. And it was very much like a mirror. Except the patterns were evident which thoughts were coming off which people in the audience. And Miranda was at the center. And more centrally centered, the pen. Metallic, in which she continued to draw into the notebook and the paper glimmered and she was drawing primitive shapes like triangles and circles and the pen was a thick metallic and all sorts of language flowed inside the metal as a communication of what she was drawing, thinking, and the light coming off the screen and its messaging. The screen now began, as if again, stopping abruptly and showing a countdown as a film starting might do. And it was a bit now into the future. Kind of like Christmas past in fact 
and began showing the storm outside and all the materials it had come to know about with contact with water and explained in pictures what the water wanted and why they were water in the first place, and to expound on it would just make literal sense, because they were in this place and the people and events were so specific to those moments, and ever-changing, that it was simply understood, and if you were watching it, you altered it and understood it as it altered you, and so forth and all the time. And Miranda drew a square into her notebook and scribbled into it a little poem, and the metallic seemed to like the poem and hurried around it, and the light from the theater shone on it a bit more, until the lights went out, and the film stopped, and the place was completely out now, sans the final metallic glow on the paper as they rushed to orient onto the poem, and the dimness became static. Onus and soft peat. For wit to eat. Ponder stitch. Neat said Q. And Miranda and Aria just paused a bit. We've got the program. For now Miranda gave the pen to Aria and closed her notebook. These guys will stick tight, but we have a bit more for them to do at the next showing. What should we do until then? More of the same, I guess, guessed Q. Right, and tapped his cuffs again at the two women and they got up and walked with him, to his left and continued on, and Aria grappled at Miranda's rear and motioned them along. And as motion goes, it was a pretty good one, and they carried on and carried each other in light conversation as the tryst met in a spatial hazy o which they stepped into and around and their rear view mirrors were reveled in and beveled shades of hues and trickles of water popped in to say hello, and the sky's night was a deep blue and heady ideas of a continuation of their prior episodic adventure carried themselves into the night, and eventually into the padded bed they adored, and with each other took some bliss and a time and a half to say hello to to all their bits from forward and behind, and in and about, and onwards and upwards, etc. And they smiled and at a very early morning, or later later evening, Miranda opened up her notebook from the bedside above, and opened to the poem, and the light from her eyes reflected onto the page, and the poem winked back at her, and carried on with the paper for a second glimmer at Aria and the cue, and inside the poem, became a fractal of text at first mirroring the poem, and they simply spelling out a series of images and text. A language meant for her. It was her laundry list in fact, and she laughed. How did you know about my knickers? She laughed and slapped the notebook closed and wrapped it neatly with a red string and placed it by her side. Q looked up with one eye, then closed it and put his hand on her butt. Aria curled inwards and spooned Miranda from the left. And Miranda continued to smile at the thoughts going through Arya's and Q's minds. Geneva is always good a second time and she clacked the lights out and turned and they just spent some time with each other's juicier bits for a time, and time again as they do, and imagined and positions their bodies as it pleased them and each other, and the leisure of pleasure carried them in their evenings, liked at night, and with hope every night and the sparkier bits were sparked and the water bits washed over them, and it was time and again, they took pause, and drifted off to a warm sleep for the tryst of them to trust and read over the day on a new day like tomorrow was promising to be. Dot. The proceeding has been a mild delve into the adventuresome and others for the non-crudity of credulous credibilities in the ongoing saga of our friends and their living forms of grandulous grandurosity the EGS and pendas in mightier and might be later for our pals. In a later episode. And forthwith is the side of knackers on a side trolley up the west side of highways and means for all who now and in the future, tense as in to say it backwards from the future, or in facts and fiction. Full stop.
Flanel, Aqua Q. Not yet, my friends. Please, this is an impassioned plea from Pam Benjamin, the director of Mutiny Radio. Let us live past October. You think it's a joke? COVID is decimating all of us, and especially us here at Mutiny Radio. We have money left until October 1st. Don't let anyone sing, despite of their size. Please, please go donate to our GoFundMe. Go to mutinyradio.fm and click that GoFundMe button. Or just go to Venmo, Mutiny Radio, all one word. Just Mutiny Radio. Give us five bucks. Help us keep free speech and radical self-expression real and alive here in San Francisco and all over the world. Please donate to our Mutiny Radio. Go fund me and keep us alive in 2020 and beyond. Don't let our world end. I am Italian, and we brought you fasciousness with Mussolini, and before that, the Romans. So if you think you live in a fascist country, well, you do. Antitrump.com is the antivirus to the Trump virus. It started in 2016 with two sketches and a dream for a better America. No one thought it would be this bad. He was a 70-year-old yammering nimrod. How bad could it possibly be? We are now in a global pandemic without adequate leadership. Individual politics are not important. We need to rally behind curing the Trump virus. Go to antitrump.com. You, poetry reader, this is Bjork's sister, Mjork. It's okay, we also have a soul and a weekly poetry reading on Mutiny Radio's AltaCast, tuned every Wednesday at high noon from Glasgow, Scotland. One of our co-hosts from Choose Poetry, Choose Life, Andy Talbot, has a new poetry chapbook, Old Wounds, New Skin, which is available at analogsubmission.com now. Go buy it, and don't let the poets lie to you. Once again, that's Andy Talbot's new poetry chapbook, Old Wounds, New Skin, available at analogsubmission.com. Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on mutinyradio.fm for Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube. We watch the best movies that, uh, aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by uh, Here's you. his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. All right. We are deep into the happy hour. We're a couple minutes in. We've got some comedians that are all together outside socially distanced, together in spirit, not actually in practice, just in spirit. 
please remember that happy hour open mic is a clean mic because we're projecting onto the street at 21st in Florida. And although we have a permit from the city that says, heck yeah, go ahead and do that. We have neighbors and they have children and they don't want to hear our terrible F swears in their delicate ears. So it's not that hard not to swear, I promise. So please, 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 please do your best. Also, uh, we are here for safety. We've got all the safety. Um, a lot of comedians have their own mic condoms. I have mine in my pocket. If you did not bring your own microphone or your own mic condom, by the door there are purple gloves, and I invite you to take one of those purple gloves and use it as a condom, a five-fingered condom, over the mouth of that microphone. It, don't worry, it doesn't dampen the sound too much. All right, also there is a bucket over there for donations because, boy, do we need it. Um, COVID was really tough on Mutiny Radio, and somehow I kept it alive. So, I don't know. My parents don't think I'm a genius, but I, whatever. I did it. Yay, me. Okay, I'm going to come around, do a couple jokes. We're going to get this thing started. Clap your tushies. Yay, clap, clap, clap. Here comes the pitch, and it comes in wide. Fresh mic condom. Fresh condom on the mic. How is that for sound-wise? Everybody can hear? Need to be a little louder? Is good? All right. Hey, here we are on the street. Hey, how you doing? Comedy on the street. Good times. Uh, yeah. Hey, new guys, new girls. That's exciting stuff. That this this first name can't be a real name. Sometimes when you look at names on the list and you're like, that's that's a fake. There can't be a real. I'm gonna look at your ID after, because I don't believe it. I also don't believe. Okay, no, it, I can hear it. You know how, like, when you talk into microphones so much, you don't know if you can hear yourself on the speakers or not? That's what's happening. Uh, I'm your host, Pam Benjamin, for the night. Hi, guys. You look like you're 17. I know that the mask is weird, but show me that pretty mouth. Are you? How old are you? I was 18. I was a year off. See, if you were young, one year younger, that would have been really inappropriate. But this, in this case, no problem. 18, yeah. No, it's, how did you hear about it, young man? He told you. All right. Well, cool. You're not Ian, though. You're not Ian Langland. I can't tell. Everybody looks the same with masks on at this point. I'm like, I'm supposed to know everybody from their eyes. I was walking down the street, and a, and a gentleman, he's like, Pam, Pam. I'm like, I'm not going to. I can't tell who you are. With the, It's going to be even more awkward than it usually is. Cool. I don't remember anybody's names ever. That's why you wrote them down on this wonderful list. I'm so lucky. Uh, all right, so I'm going to, when I come out, I'll bring out the little horn and a little timer. When you hear the horn, it'll go, wow, wow. Uh, that means you have a minute. So uh, that's how that works. Uh, don't, ain't, ain't no nation like a donation. Uh, hook us up. That would be cool. Uh, also, please remember, this is a clean mic because of our neighbors, so no F swears. You can say slip. You can say, you know, darn. I mean. Whatever. You're going to be fine. Don't worry. Don't get don't get too nervous about it. It's, it's not that tough. Uh, all right. The first comedian of the night has an amazing name. 
Put your hands together, everybody, for Johnny Casino. safe since the 90s. All right, everybody. How you doing? You having fun, San Francisco? Wonderful 21st in Florida. Raise your hands. Are you from San Francisco? Anyone? Who is anymore? It's just a business name now, right? I, I guess I'm the, the bullet object guy. Anyway, yeah, my name really is Johnny Casino. I know that might astonish some of you. Um, not me so much. I'm the third before me, and uh, my family's unoriginal, so they couldn't come up with a new name. Anyway, yeah, I'm a comedian. I live in Sacramento. Sacramento. I, I, I live in say Sacagawea. I live in Sacagawea, right in a right. Yeah. Well, I was trying to not make fun of the country when that happened. All right. <laughs> this is already better than my last set when a brawl broke out. But that's fun. Um. San Francisco, I don't really visit here often. I used to come here every week to do shows. And then um, two years ago, I just sort of, I don't know. I dried up, the town drove. It's better behind the speaker. Safer back here. Is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. There we go. There's the sweet spot right there. <laughs> the doorway's the sweet spot. Welcome, welcome. Come on in. Comedy across the street. Come on over. All right. So, um, you guys, there's a lot of different things that go on in life, right? You guys travel, you date, all that stuff. It's just going to keep going. I just don't know why. It's never been a problem for me. I just don't know what's going on. All right. That's no problem. I'll talk through it. Watching <laughs> <laughs> the pain. I'm in a lot of pain right now. It's been a long time since try to do comedy again. So, um, <laughs> gonna keep getting distracted by that. Um, I am, I'm happily in a relationship now and it took a while and there was a lot of, uh, dating scenes kind of crazy now. We've all heard dating app jokes, so I'm not really gonna shove those down your throat right now, but, um, I had to use dating apps because people don't meet each other naturally anymore. So I go to um, go on a couple different ones. You go on a bunch of dates. I really found that this to be a constant, though. Really, all dating is is a, a really elaborate roommate search. All you really find you're, you're looking for someone who's going to match um, your style, your cleaning schedule, and <laughs> hopefully. Um, has a larger mattress than you do. Uh, I also think that mostly what's happening when people come over to your house for that first time they visit you is they're just uh, evaluating where you live. They look at your uh, windows, they're like, ooh, okay, you have curtains, that's a plus. A dishwasher, nice, nice. And a laundry machine, cool. When can I move in? And 
I, I have my own dating app idea now because of that. Because that's the way it always seems. People checking out your amenities. I want a dating app that just connects those with a washer and dryer with those that don't have one. Call it Tumble. Yeah, it's, it's dry humor. <laughs> Let it whirl around your head for a while. I'm just trying to give you my all here. Such a change in the tide. Really feeling washed up here. <laughs> anyway, um, when I was out dating, I met a couple of weird women, and um, it kind of shocked me in a little way. Uh, there was this one person I went out with. Things were going well, and we went to her house. When I went to her house for the first time, we arrived, and first thing I did is I checked the front lawn, no children's toys, good, <laughs> not ready to be a dad, and we get to her door though, right, she opens the door, and I'm just hit with this funk, just hits me right in the face, just bam, I wish masks were th around then, and it stank really bad, I was like, oh my god, I realized what it was, this woman's a hoarder, you guys know what hoarders are like, right, uh, you've seen the show, you maybe are one, um, but she wasn't a hoarder of like goods, she was a hoarder of sugar gliders. You guys know what those are? Yes. But she had about 15 of them. And as soon as we walked in the door, they just started whipping around, because they fly. If you don't know what a sugar glider is, it's a little tiny squirrel that flies. And as they fly, they'll piss and shit wherever they want to go. Sorry for the cuss. That was unavoidable. But there's plenty of it on the streets, so we're cool. Um, yeah, the little sugar gliders, one of them lands right on my shoulder, right? And she's like, oh, you like my little friends? I was like, uh, not really, but I want to get laid, so <laughs> yeah, I love them. Um, and then this is, the this is the best part. She produced a grape from her person to feed it. We were out for four hours. We didn't go buy grapes. Where did the grapes come from? She just had them on her the whole time. She's here you go. It feeds the little guy on me. And then it flies off into the wild of her house. And then at this point, I'm already like, I don't want to be here. This is kind of gross. And uh, so I say, hey, uh, I think I want to go. She's like, no, 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 why don't you come in the bedroom? And I'm like, you know, I need to get laid. Okay, fine. So I go to her bedroom, and the cage for those circle gliders is in the bedroom. It takes up half of the bedroom. And it's like the epicenter of where the smell is coming from, too. So that's really pody. And uh, I was really, really worried about, like, what I, if I was going to, how do I leave? What do I do? And then she's like, you want to get on the bed? I'm like, uh, yeah. Yes, I do. So we start fooling around, and then I hear her door open, right? And then she starts panicking. Oh, no, no. I got to – we stopped. I'm like, well, what's wrong? She's like, my mom's home. I was like, oh, don't be embarrassed. And she said, no, 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 I'm not embarrassed that someone's here. I I'm embarrassed that you're a comedian. Anyway, that was a joke. Pam gave me the honk. Yeah? You want me to wait for you to come, no, come back? Come on by me. I'll be in the corner while I talk to you guys. Well, no, that was your move last week. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's okay. good. We're good. All right. You're co-host? Uh, I'm next. Okay. Yeah, I do need to get because I, I want to get those for later. All right. We'll just, uh. All right. What's your name, sir? Hunter. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, give your hands a clapping exercise for Mr. Hunter. Fuck you, people. Please take off your condom. Take off your condom, sir. I don't want to club sex. Thank you very much.
How are we doing, guys? Four minutes. Four minutes, got it, Pam. I'm doing fucking great. I am. I just got a job, finally. Yay, me. Bad news is my dad's my boss. Yeah, you ever like your father is a boss? Let me tell you what it's like. You ever been fired and grounded on the same day? Yeah, it's not fucking okay. You know, you get fired and then you get sent to your room. It's not okay, dude. It's not. It sucks. But yeah, I still got a job. That's all for that. I, um... I'm really happy I got the job because I haven't done shit during COVID. Uh, the most productive thing I've done this past year is get a new couch. So pretty much all I did was find a more comfortable place to rest my depression. You know, worst part about that, I didn't even buy the couch. It was my best friend's couch. He broke up with his girlfriend, took all the fucking furniture. Oh, oh that's my one. All right. You have one more yeah. It took all the furniture. All right. So pretty much I just, the, the place that, the thing that brings me the most joy in life right now is built upon the sadness and desperation of other people. It's horrible. You ever fart on failure? It's amazing. Sounds exactly like leather. It's great though, guys. A little bit about me. My name's Hunter Uniac. My dad's a current meth addict. My mom's a former cokehead. And I'm a raging alcoholic, which is my parents have to be proud of me. You know, that's fun. Hey, do you guys think Hulk Hogan looks like Thor if he was on bath salts? Yeah? Cool. Cool. My girlfriend broke up with me recently. That kind of sucks. I, mean, I don't know why she broke up with me. I treated her like a goddess. I'm an atheist. I never believed in her. When I met this girl, uh, the first I found she was a raver because the first time we had sex, we used a glow stick condom. We broke it before we used it. <laughs> before I met this girl, I was only sleeping with single mothers. Didn't happen on purpose. Just kind of happened. But you know what's the best part about sleeping with single moms? The snacks. They're amazing. One time, this woman, she gave me a fruit by the foot. And I had to split it with her because it was the only way she was going to get six inches that night. <laughs> I love that joke, guys. I do. Are you guys going to vote? Nice, nice. Little fun fact about uh, California law of, uh, voting laws. If you have a job, you get two hours paid break to go and vote. You can leave your job and say, like, hey, I need to go and vote. Two hours paid break. I worked two jobs last year. You know what I did last election? I worked two jobs. I told my first boss, hey, I need two hours paid break to go and vote. Then I went to my second job, called up my second job. I was like, hey, I need two hours paid break to go and vote. Neither job knew about the other job, but both jobs definitely didn't know I mailed my ballot in ten days ago. Yeah. Yes. I love democracy. I was sitting on my couch stoned. It was great. It was great. <sighs> Who here likes drinking? Nice. Nice. Little fun fact about drinking. The only way you can have clean drinking water up until the year 1820 was if uh, alcohol was in it. That means everybody up until the year 1820 was blacked out drunk. That's amazing. America was founded in 1776. That means the founding fathers of this great country were blacked out drunk signing the Declaration of Independence. Checks out? It does. I was high on Adderall last night researching this. <laughs> I wasn't. This is an old joke. No, but seriously, like, it's amazing. Benjamin Franklin, the greatest mind of his time. He wrote our Constitution. He invented the stove. How did he discover electricity? Anybody know? He flew a kite into a thunderstorm at 3 in the morning. That's not a man of science. That's a drunk man flying a kite into a thunderstorm at 3 in the morning. 
That's why now we have this theory that Jesus Christ was the only sober man up until that time period. Do you guys know the story in the Bible where he fed like 5,000 people with three fish, a couple loaves of bread? No, you're all going to hell? That's okay. Me too. But he fed 5,000 people with three fish. It says so in the Bible where it happened next to you. Do you guys remember? It happened next to a river. <laughs> that means everybody in the Bible is too drunk to know where fish come from. <laughs> Jesus says, take my hand, and I shall guide you into the promised land. That's him trying to get his drunk apostle friends home at 4 in the morning. I can see him pacing up and down the streets of biblical Bethlehem just going, Judas! Jesus Christ, Judas. <laughs> I swear to God, we need to accept any one of these days. Oh. We're all going to hell. I'll meet you there. That's my time. Keep it going for Pam Benjamin, everybody. Hunter Uniac, everyone. Hunter Uniac, yes. Jesus jokes like a professional. Uh, my favorite Bible verse is actually Leviticus 20:22, 20, which is if you sleep with your father-in-law, you should both be stoned. <laughs> I love to be stoned. I'll tell you right, right out the gate. That's absolutely true. Uh, your next comedian, I believe she likes to get stoned too. Uh, you're gonna enjoy her very much. Put your hands together, everybody, for Alessandra! Yay! guys huh how are you how are you doing I want to show you my new mask it's uh, specifically a mask for all the Karens that ask you to you see this mask you understand so if uh, somebody asks ma'am can you please pull your mask over the nose and I'm like of course ma'am are you right away all right so that's my Karen mask um, you know, I don't know if you guys noticed. It come from a painting of mine. I actually painted it, and then I painted on a thing. It's still self-made. <laughs> so cool. Anyway, lately I, I find out lately that I am um, all my young friends' uh, favorite porn fetish, the stepmom. I don't know if you heard that. That's one of the most searched uh, step fetish, whatever. <laughs> Porn fetish, yes, is one of the most. Do you, do you agree on that? I don't, I because I don't search for that porn, actually. But I heard of it. I'm like, wow. So you agree? Wow. Okay. And then I hear all those like hypocrites singing. I'm like, but no, you can't have sex with younger men because you could be their mom. I'm like, but that's the whole point. That's exactly the point. Otherwise, I wouldn't be the stepmom making porn. So, don't think. Don't care. That one, no thanks, um, you know. And you know what I say when it comes with uh, younger men? What I'm saying is that age difference. I'm like, yeah, what is that? That means that the bigger the boner, the smaller the age difference counts, right? Anyway, it is, it is. Yeah, and anybody happy about the apocalypse? But we, uh, you know, we won't even notice about because we're all on our phone 24/7, almost. So we can't even realize that it's happening. We realize it through the phone. But you know, if it really happened, like a big boom, if we won't like, oh yeah, we can catch it on camera though. <laughs> Do you have one of those friends that is like happy actually that is all going to, boop boop, 
right? One of the friends is like, yes, that's great. We're all going to live like Mad Max. I'm like, you're such an idiot. Where are you going to get your weed? How are you going to watch your porn? I'm like, excuse me. You know, there's not going to be porn. How are we going to eat? We're going to have to, like, sell body parts or trade body parts from, like, dead people we find on the street. We go to the black market. We're like, hey, Joe, how are you doing today? Hey, can I give you a head for that piece of ass over there? <laughs> okay, d are you going to charge me an arm and a leg like last week? I mean, come on. Come on. Please, yes. Uh, you know, so I'm like, um, and my friend will be like, yeah, that would be cannibal porn. I'm like, yeah, sure, cannibal porn. You know. Um, there is an ad that I did with Pam here at the radio and says exactly this. I'm Italian, everybody. And we brought you lots of good things. Food, uh, great pizza, great uh, music, opera, all those things. We brought you also fascism with Mussolini. Then we, we brought you fascism with Mussolini. And then we brought you before that the Roman, you know. So if you thought that you live in a fascist country, actually you're getting there because you have always been living in this fake democracy and freedom to be enslaved to the, you know, to the corporate, bank, whatever, world. The, the world of war, the world of endless artificial intelligence, all those worlds that we have, uh, so, uh, be free. We're all free to be enslaved. Yeah. And that was my time, you guys. Bye-bye. Any of our Pam too real, too soon, yeah! You're all enslaved, yay! The patriarchy is real! Ah! That's exciting. You were, uh, you were talking about porn there for a second, and it's true. A lot of guys say I give off a serious mom vibe, and I say, what about a stepmom vibe? Because I know what you guys are looking for on your search engines. That's right. I've been, uh, I've been looking for a guy with an edible complex because I make the best weed food in town. I tell you what, I hope he has an edible complex because that is a smart joke. Your next comedian, I think she's from out of town. Put your hands together, everybody, for Liz Randall. Yay! Hi, I'm Liz. Um, I feel like I'm the female recovered version of Hunter. Just, you know, from what I hear, lots of similarities. Thank you, I appreciate it. Um, anyways, my mother loves the saying that she's a bleeding heart liberal Democrat. I don't know about you, but that sounds a little bit closeted Republican to me. The don't tread on me sticker on the back of her lifted forerunner says differently. Um, speaking of mommy issues, I just started therapy. <laughs> Pretty great. Um, it's difficult to get there though. It's difficult to start therapy. It's kind of like when you break your leg when you don't have health insurance. Like you're kind of just sitting there like, ooh, it's just sprained, it's fine, it'll heal. No, Jerry, you're, the bone is sticking out of your leg. We need to take you to the ER immediately. 
It's like when you cut your hand open and it's just like, I'll just run some cold water on it. It's fine. Like, I'll put a bandaid on it. No, that's a huge gaping wound and we really need to put stitches in it. Same with my uh, trauma growing up. So I guess it's the same. Oh, I heard whispers in my ear. I got a little startled there. Sorry. Um, but what's great is that my therapist doesn't laugh at my jokes. Like, that's how I heal, right? So I guess you could say my copay is actually paying for me to be a stronger comedian. Um, I actually just turned 28, and I actually wrote this joke when I was 27. The only difference between now and then is that um, when I sneeze, I get scared. Like, did I hurt something? Did I pull a muscle? Is it going to ruin my month? You know what I mean? But being 28 is a weird age, right? When you're 21, you're bright-eyed, you're ready for a party, you can do anything you want, you never get hurt, you're invincible. When you're 28, it's just, it's, I don't even know how to use LinkedIn, okay? I don't even know how to find a proper job, okay? When you're 21, you can, you know, drop out of college, you're discovering yourself, you're trying to find yourself, right? When you're 28, community college is rejecting you. They really want you to get your life together by now, guys. When you're 21, you can go to a club and, you know, fool around with a hot bartender in the bathroom. It's considered cute. It's considered sexy. When you're 28, think about this, okay? That bartender is seven years older. And by this point, he's been demoted down to barback. Okay? And, you know, you're not making eye contact. You need this to hurry up. Because, you know, my Bumble date's showing up in an hour, and we really have to speed this up. All right? And, you know, I think about what 30 is going to be like for me 10 years from now, and all I can imagine is this. I'm at my kid's little league game. I had a son. I'm not going to have a girl because I don't want to put that type of trauma on you. But I have split custody with the bar back. And we start fooling around in the porta potty, right? And the moral of the story is, is that the bathroom sex just keeps getting crappier and crappier and crappier. <laughs> The older that you get. I'm going to leave you with this, okay? I want you to think about this. Bad boyfriends and girlfriends are like houseplants, okay? Right? Um, they're, they look nice, they're beautiful, but they're not doing anything for you. That fern that I bought at Target last week isn't going to tell me that I'm the most beautiful woman he has ever seen in his life. That air plant that I have hanging in my bedroom that's a little bit dusty, a little bit scared, isn't going to buy me tampons anytime soon. <laughs> and that dead orchid on my desk at work isn't going to cuddle me after sex. Why would I have sex with an orchid? Don't ask. <laughs> but one thing that I do know that a houseplant won't do, that a crappy boyfriend will do, is cheat on me with my cousin over the weekend. One thing that a houseplant won't do is steal my credit card for foot fetish porn. Which doesn't make sense because you can get that for free online. Am I correct? <laughs> Anyways, that's my time. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Yay! Liz Randall, everyone. Yay! Liz Randall, that was lovely. I feel like I'm so much closer to you now. Yay! Uh, I've realized recently that no one will give you crap for not wearing a mask if you're eating or smoking. So now I'm a bulimic chain smoker, <laughs> which is so much more healthy. You know what I mean? You know? I'm going to go in and get a cigarette during our next comedian's set. 
and just get it. I'm going to walk out in front of you. I'm sorry. I'm apologizing before I do it because I like to ask permission rather than beg forgiveness. But I do love to smoke. And what I realized, I used to, I used to really worry about where I blew my smoke. But now your kid is wearing a mask. So I don't care. <laughs> I'm blowing the <sighs> smoking wherever I want. Uh, your next comedian, she's smoking hot. I just wanted to use, I'm just, you know, practicing my, I don't actually know you, but you are really pretty. Uh, but I also don't want to like, I don't want to like be the, I don't want to sexualize you and be the patriarchy. I'm like, be the change you want to see in the world. Stop being the patriarchy. She is, she's really, are you smiling though? Uh, she's so much prettier when she smiles, you know? Put your hands together for Morgan Anderson, yay! I'm kidding about the smiling thing, she's really pretty. Condom I've ever seen. <laughs> How are you guys doing? Yeah, she's really loud in there. You guys, not so much. How are you doing? Good? Yes, thank you. My name's Morgan. Um, you know what I don't understand? I don't understand why during a good meal people describe their food as an orgasm in their mouth. I feel like I've had a lot of orgasms in my mouth, and none of them have tasted any good. <laughs> um, I was catcalled today, and uh, I don't know why every time I say that it feels like I'm bragging. Um, I was catcalled today by a homeless gentleman. Um, I don't know why I said gentleman like he was wearing a suit, <laughs> but he was, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> he... Uh, he was kind of hot, and I know that we're not supposed to like like it, and we're supposed to get really mad, but I have very low self-esteem. So um, he was cute, though. He kind of had this like Christian Bale vibe going on. Um, if instead of becoming a method actor, he just stopped at meth. Um, I bought some pepper spray today, <laughs> and I looked on the back uh, to read it, as we do. Um, and the back said it was uh, 12 ounces, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know what that means. I'm gonna need you to quantify this with something that makes sense. Like, I need to know how many rapes are in there. I feel like, what is a rape equivalent of 12 ounces? Is it one rape per ounce? I don't know. I feel like that's the information that we need. Um, I have a theory that God was the first sexual predator. Uh, hear me out. I don't think anywhere in the Bible does he ask Mary for consent. Nope. He just, he just flies in through a window one night, bangs her, and then flies back out, never to be seen again. <laughs> I think that immaculate conception is just a fancy way to say ghost rape, to be honest. And um, it checks out because in the Bible it says uh, man was made in God's image, so it makes sense as to why so many men are rapists. Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> too real? Is it too real? Sorry. Sorry about that. So sorry. This is comedy. It's supposed to be, it's not supposed to be real. Fuck. Shoot. Um, did you guys know that there's a four women category on Pornhub? Yeah. All the videos are two and a half minutes long. The woman doesn't come and she ends up going home alone to masturbate. Yeah. It's a hero's journey, really. 
Um, I was also reading that women tend to date men that resemble their fathers, uh, which would totally make sense as to why I'm so into necrophilia. <laughs> My dad's not dead, though, really. He's just dead to me. Um, I don't understand why men want to fold me up during sex. Are you trying to make me physically and emotionally smaller? <laughs> I feel like I'm just lying there with my legs behind my head. I feel like a U.S. gymnast at a doctor's appointment. <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't realize how heavy of a sleeper I was until the woman in the apartment next to me got stabbed to death. Um, based on how many CAPTCHA tests I failed, I'm really starting to believe that I am a robot. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know if they should have robots make the tests to decide what is and is not a robot. Like, find the crosswalk. Apparently the sign on the crosswalk isn't actually a part of the crosswalk, and a Vespa is a motorcycle? Uh, I don't think so. I feel like I feel like they should ask questions that only humans would know the answer to. Like, what is love? Although I'd probably fail that too, so <laughs> whatever. Um, how much time do I have? Okay. Um, so I'm in my 30s, and uh, I started getting laser hair removal down here. And what they don't tell you is that it doesn't fall out all at once. So for the last eight months, it's been falling out bit by bit. Yeah. My vagina looks like it has cancer. <laughs> I'm thinking about getting it a little scarf so it doesn't feel so insecure. It kind of looks like one of those homeless dogs Sarah McLaughlin's been trying to sell forever. Every time I take my clothes off and look down, all I hear is in the arms of the angels. <laughs> all right, guys, thank you. Keep it going for Morgan Anderson, yay! Yay, and then yay! When you get old, you get uh, actually gray pubes, and then, oh, then it yeah, gets and then it gets real. <laughs> then it gets real. I have such a shock of gray pubes. It, it's like um, it's like I'm that 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 character that what's her name? Who reads comic books? You do. You're 18. Come on now, the one with the stripe in her hair because she touched something rogue. Yeah, I'm like rogue. <sighs> rogue agent. Just a big shock. Cool. I thought you would read, are you more of a manga fan? Run, ma. Nope. I'm just trying to stereotype because I'm a jerk. <laughs> I'm really excited for your next comedian because he's young and we are an all ages place because we're outside and we've always been all ages because, you know, we're just a radio station. Uh, I'm super excited that he's here. Uh, please give it up for new comedian, Jeffrey Chen. <laughs> Yay! There's the condom never had sex before, so uh, <laughs> just like for my first time having sex, I'm going to be reading a manual. Do you guys remember that uh, phase you had as a little kid where you wanted to have this one job, like firefighter or a truck driver or president? So I had a brief phase where I wanted to be a white supremacist, which, looking back at it now, is moronic. As you know, clearly, you can both be a white supremacist and a president at the same time. 
It was the early uh, 2000s. I was seven or eight years old. And back then, I lived in Illinois, where our economy was primarily based upon cows, corn, and undiagnosed clinical depression. And I had a soccer game at a, a pretty rural area, so my parents dropped me off, and I asked, Mom, Dad, can you watch my soccer game? And they laughed and drove off. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to need therapy when I grow up, but this is fine. So I'm walking to the soccer game, but then I hear some cheering. So I change directions to follow the sounds, and it's a parade. Dozens of people were marching down the street, people carrying American flags, people cheering, people in long, flowing white robes with white pointy hats. I remember thinking, it's August. Isn't it a little early for Halloween? And it was quite an odd parade. Some of them are raising their right arm 45 degrees into the air, you know, to block the sun from getting into their eyes. But what really caught my attention were the signs they were holding. And the biggest one was a sign that said, in big, scrawling words, white power. And I was like, yes, I too support renewable energy. <laughs> and one of the marchers goes up to where I am, and he's passing out candy and pamphlets which say to join the Ku Klux Klan. And he's giving it to kids and parents, and he reaches me, and then he completely ignores me. And I'm telling you, I was devastated. I did not see that coming. I'm Asian. The only place I should be rejected from is Harvard and my family's dining room table. <laughs> so I leave the parade, and I was like, they're wearing cool costumes. There are dragons and wizards. I got to find a way to join. So I play my soccer game. We get crushed 14 to 0. I get home, and I hop on my computer, wait 30 minutes for it to boot up because I'm using Windows XP, and then do some searching. And the thing about looking up the Ku Klux Klan is that you only have to type in the same three letters, but I forgot which letter it was. So I go down the entire alphabet, like AAA, no, BBB, no, CCC. I felt like a six-year-old who failed kindergarten due, due to a crippling meth addiction. Uh, 11 tries later, I get onto the KKK website. I wait 20 minutes for it to load because I was using Windows XP. And then, and then the website loads. And I look at it for the first time, and I feel shocked. It's absolutely disgusting. The web design was complete shit. <laughs> there were shitty JPEG images all over the place, and you know that when you're trying to drag an image onto like a Word document, it just like explodes? 